Welcome to my very first episode for the Approach Anxiety Podcast. I don't have a rubric for this episode, so it's going to be a little tangential here and there. Tangential, tangential, I don't know how you say it, but I'll probably go off on tangents. I wanted to give you guys a little bit of background when it came to my own social anxiety, how I've overcome it, how sometimes it comes back, stuff like that. That's kind of the general rubric. I know I said I didn't have a rubric, but I guess I kind of do. I have like a general idea of what I want to talk about, but I'll probably go off on a bunch of tangents. So if you're not someone who doesn't like tangents, this definitely will not be the recording for you. But what I will say is this, when I first started out, I'm 36 now, holy cow, I'm 36. So weird, time goes by so fast. When I started out with the whole approach thing, I think it was around 19. And I came across the book, The Game, haphazardly. I used to work in a bookstore, came across The Game. I think it was written by Neil Strauss, I believe is is his name. I haven't really done a whole lot of research. It's been a while since I've been in the game, have done approaching and all that. But because I'm now married with kids, stuff like that. But um, came across that guy's book, read it, thought it was pretty interesting. Then my buddy and I, we'd go out occasionally to the 16th Street Mall, which is – it's a little, it's not an actual mall. It's like a strip in Denver where there's a lot of people during the summertime, a lot of beautiful women. And we would just like challenge each other to go up and just either say stupid things or be like, no, you do this, you say this, say this, do this, blah, blah. And then one of us would do it. And I remember one of my very first approaches was with this gal. She was, so we're 19, my buddy and I are 19. She must have been, oh, it's hard to say in retrospect how old people are because when you're younger, People now that are like my age look old. And when you're my age, you know how that all works. So she was probably, though, in her mid-30s. And from behind, she just looked amazing, just beautiful, just absolutely gorgeous. I know what some of you guys are saying. Oh, okay. Or I know what some of you guys are thinking. You're like, oh, okay, you said from behind, meaning that when I got close up, maybe she wasn't so attractive. No, she was just gorgeous. She was just outstanding standingly beautiful from behind though. She looked a lot younger. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to run up. And I don't even know what I said. I think I just like ran up to her and I said, Hey, I have to stop you because I just saw you. And I think you're absolutely beautiful. Something along those lines. But when I came around, cause I'm approaching from the back, right. And she was walking away from me. So I'm approaching from the front or from the back. And then I kind of like get in front of her I don't know if you guys have ever seen a guy by the name of Sasha Daygame. I don't even know if he was around back then, but it was even before. I, th- I don't know. It's it's very similar to the way he approaches. So like run in front of a woman and just say, hey, I had to stop you. And I don't know. This just kind of happened naturally to, naturally to me. But I'm like, well, I don't know how to like get him to stop and talk. So I, I cut her off. And like as soon as I cut her off, I'm like, holy fuck, this chick is a lot older than I expected. But nevertheless, she was super beautiful. Super. She was super beautiful. And after I said, I think I just said something like, hey, I think you just, I just want to let you know, I think you're really beautiful. How's it going? She was just like, oh, thanks. She was really taken aback, like um, probably by the fact that I was super young. And she's like, holy cow, there's this super young guy hitting on me. But then she said she was married and then she was kind of on her merry way. But it was, um, that I think is probably my very first cold approach that I can remember at the age, at the tender age of 36. I don't even know how to do the math in my head. That's 19 minus two, because 19 plus 19 is 38. So that was 17 years ago, 17 years ago. And then there's been other times when I've been so, I've had so much anxiety when it comes to approaching women that I don't even approach. So it's really weird. I go through in my life, at least my, the way my approach anxiety has sort of manifested has kind of been in these waves. Like there's waves, dude, when I'm at the top of that wave, I do not give a fuck. And I will approach any woman anywhere, anytime, any place, whatever. And then, and I don't know, you know, if I were to go back and analyze it, maybe what happens is I'm on the wave and then shit kind of, um, 
shit kind of goes sour or it doesn't go the way I expected it to. And then like the wave starts to go down and then I'm at the bottom of the trough. Is that the bottom of a wave? Is it called a trough? I think it's called a trough. And then I'm like, fuck, I suck at this shit. And then when I'm at the bottom, dude, I get super nervous. Like, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it's like, I will not approach anyone or I could do it. Maybe if I'm with, with them, if I'm, if I'm with buddies, the reality is if, I, if I'm with my friends and they dare me to do something or whatever, then I would go out and I do it just cause I think it's funny. And then you can come back and just commiserate with your buddies. But if I'm alone, that's when I find my approach anxiety is usually the worst. Not to say that it still doesn't come in waves. It will like, even when I'm alone, there's sometimes when I can be at the top of the wave and then there's other times when I'm at the bottom of the wave. And when I'm at the bottom of the wave, those are like the hardest times ever. It's just like, dude, I don't want to do it. I get super nervous. I think about all this weird shit in my head before I approach. And then by then I've psyched myself out. And then, you know, I get all these like bizarre physiological responses. Well, not bizarre, but because they're not that bizarre. I mean, they're sort of expected expected physiological responses, like really super fast heart rate. And I mean, I'm not doing anything, but my heart is beating as if I'm working out. And then I feel like the worst for me, the most embarrassing, not really embarrassing, but the one that I don't like the most is when my armpits sweat. I hate that dude. Like they sweat profusely. Like I'm su- cause it's cause I'm super freaking nervous. And when we get super freaking nervous, we sweat. So I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, excuse me, who could relate to these these various physiological responses that I'm talking about, but that's, that's one way, you know, if you have really bad approach anxiety is if you're getting severe physiological responses, like the ones that I'm describing. So anyhow, that's kind of where I started with my buddy and I, then he and I kind of fell apart, you know, like he moved somewhere else. I got a new job somewhere else. We fell apart. So then came this time in my early twenties when I didn't really have any sort of social network whatsoever, which makes picking up women probably a thousand times more difficult. Like in retrospect, if I had had just a larger social network, if I went out more, um, and I did more social things, I think finding a girlfriend would have been a trillion times easier than it was in my early twenties because in my early twenties, I was the type who like, okay, here's what I do. I work out a lot. I would do jujitsu a lot. I would do, I'd shoot hoops a lot. I would, and then I just played a ton of video games, went to school. And then I worked at FedEx. Like that was pretty much my social life, but I didn't really like, I don't even, that's not even like really a social life when I, I mean, I'd have like school and stuff like that, but I wouldn't go out to parties or do anything like that. I think if I went out to parties and stuff, it would have been a thousand times easier, but I'm not like for me. I call myself sort of, I think of myself sort of like um, an introverted extrovert. Like I can be extroverted, but I'm probably more comfortable being an introvert. And so I therefore just do more introverted things. My own hobbies, you know, playing a guitar, reading, writing, video games. I was huge into video games. Shout out to all my like StarCraft, WarCraft people out there who used to play those. I used to play those a ton. But, um, so where am I going with this? I guess this is a tangent, but I'm just trying to give you guys a background kind of, of what my social anxiety looked like. Okay. So then on the side, you know, I would read stuff about how to pick up women, how to overcome approach anxiety, stuff like that. And then I would just ride the waves. It's like, I would approach for a while, then not approach for a while, approach for a few months, then not approach for a few months. Things wouldn't work out. Things would work out. And it's just kind of like ride that wave. So then let's see what happened. Um, where should I go from here? So I'm just thinking like approach wise. So I did like periodically, I would just go out and approach. And then I think about, you know, and and then as the game kind of evolved and the game by the game, I mean how it was advertised online. You see like eventually pickup artists started to make their own YouTube videos and you could watch their infields and stuff like that. 
And then I just like, I don't know, so many of them just came off as like very unauthentic to me and just kind of cheesy. And I'm like, fuck, is that what you got to do? But then they would, they would, they would show themselves being successful. Then it turns out like a lot of them were faked, which makes sense because in retrospect, I'm thinking, dude, this shit just looks like bullshit to me. It looks like a bunch of fucking shit. It's very inauthentic. I don't, I can't imagine a woman falling for that. I use the word falling loosely. And yet here they are allegedly falling for it. Well, it turned out a lot of them were fake. And I don't know, I felt kind of awkward with the methods that were shown online, like, you know, say this specific thing here or say this here. So then I just was like, you know what, fuck it. I don't really care. I'm just going to do what's like natural to me, what feels natural for my personality. And I feel like I had a lot more success with that. So for me, I guess it's like if I had to describe my personality, it's kind of playful, kind of fun. I like to joke a lot, make stupid comments at some people that probably a lot of people don't find funny, but I find funny. Um, What else? Oh, okay. I'll just, I'll just like, I'll just explain to you like how my pickup would go. All right. So there was like some just awkwardness in my early twenties, like not a whole lot of success. And there's a bunch of shit. Like, I don't really, really even know how much to go into detail, but since this is my podcast, I guess I'll just talk about whatever. So I'll just to tell you, this is probably like my favorite approach all time, even though, even though it never worked out. And this was when I felt like I was at the top of my game. So I'm not, I guess I'm just jumping around chronologically. I'm not, I, I said we were going to start at the beginning, but we're not. I'm just like fucking totally jumping around. That's my personality. We're just going to jump around because, and then, so I guess I'll talk about like the peak of my game. I don't even like to call it game. I guess it's more of just like when I felt very, very confident, I was comfortable in myself. I didn't really care. I was just going out there having fun, seeing what happened. And there's other times when I was like completely the opposite, where it was like the worst, dude. And I just had like no confidence whatsoever. So I just want to tell you guys, because I think it's kind of a cool story. Maybe it's not even that fucking cool. I don't even fucking know. We're just talking at this point, boys and gals or whoever might be listening. Probably no one at this point. But anyhow, so my favorite approach, there was this gal that I met at the train station. I called the train station. It was called like a light rail up in Denver. And I had her in one of my econ classes. This was up in, in college. So I would graduated. Then I decided to go back to finish some prerequisites for nursing school, right? And I think I was in my late 20s by then, or yeah, I was like 26, 27, 28. But then I was just like, dude, I don't give a fuck. And the campus that I go to, like the average age is 26. So it's kind of a, the the campus that I went to, the average age is 26. So sort of an older crowd anyway, where there's this gal, dude, and I see her from behind. And I'm like, holy fuck, she's smoking hot. She's standing there. I'm like, bro, you have to go, you have to go approach. (laughs) So like... I'm only laughing because I just say stupid shit. You know, like if you if you listen to a lot of pe- people who give advice on approaching women or just approaching in general, they're like, oh, you know, just say whatever the fuck's on your mind, blah, blah. And I'm kind of I'm kind of like that to some degree because I think just expressing yourself to the world, however you are, is the best way to do it because ultimately that's who you're going to be and you want to be comfortable in your own skin. You just want to like whoever you end up dating you just want to be comfortable who you are, right? So I'm like, you know what? I should just like express who I am. People like it. They like it. They don't. They don't. So I walk up to this gal and I mean, she's just phenomenal. Just imagine. I want you guys to just imagine. She was about five foot five, brown, like beautiful hair, a really nice, tight, tight, but strong looking butt, but not like too big. Just, oh, so perfect. So I walk up to her and I think I said, like the first thing I think I said was, you look really, <laughs> first thing I said to her was, you look really lithe. Do you, are you a dancer? I think I said some shit like that, you know? And, uh, she looked at me and she was like, lithe. She was like, what do you mean? I was like, you, I was like, you know, the word lithe, like L I T H E lithe. It means kind of like flexible, limber, 
or flexible, nimble, something like that, whatever, dude. I'm like mixing up my words. And then she said, oh yeah, I know what the word means. So anyhow, we have the end of having this like really good conversation. Well then like halfway through, I'm like, you look really familiar. I was like, I swear I've seen you somewhere. And she's like, yeah, I was about to say the same about you too. Well, it turned out like four or five years prior, she and I had the same econ class together and I'm kind of a class clown. And I think that's probably why she remembered me because I would make a bunch of stupid remarks in our in our econ class because we had this Indian teacher with this really funny name. His name was Dr. Cool Carney and he always had this weird mnemonic for us to remember it. But um, I'd say some weird shit. I really loved his class. I would say some weird shit in his class as a class clown would. And I think that's probably why she remembered me because I remember her sitting in front of me. But damn, she's so freaking fine. So anyhow, we end the conversation. My One of my favorite ways to end a cold approach is to just be like, and I'm trying to think back to how it actually ended, but I always say something like this, you know, Hey, I've, I've really enjoyed our conversation. You want to, con- um, shall we continue it over lunch sometime or something like that along those lines? And she said, yes, she gave me your number. Uh, I ended up texting her. She kind of, she, I think she responded to like one or two of my texts and then she ghosted me. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to call her. So I call enough to her message. Didn't hear back from her. And the weird thing is, is like, we hit it off exceptionally well. Our conversation went exceptionally well. I thought it went well. I had her laughing. We were enjoying each other's company. So I thought for sure she and I would be able to go out on a date. Never got her on a date. Maybe a week or two passed. Hadn't heard from her. And then I saw her. I like, and then what happened? Let's see. I was walking back to one of my classes once. I see her again, but I don't at first recognize her because I kind of see this woman out of the corner of my eye. And I'm like, fuck, this chick's hot. I need to go say hi to her. I'm like, oh, shit, it's her. So like, <laughs> I run up to her. I'm like, and I can't remember exactly what I said, but it's like, um, God, I think her name was like Allie or something. I was like, Allie, what's up? Uh, and I was super playful about it. I didn't really, it didn't mind, it didn't bother me that much that she hadn't returned my text or something. And I think it was like, hey, I see you've been playing hard to get. Was very playful about it, blah, blah. She said she was busy, blah, blah. We had another good conversation. But um, yeah, so that's like, that was probably one of my favorite approaches. And I really, I just realized that that story is probably terrible. But, um, and it's one of those things where you kind of had to be there. But, um, yeah. Then I'm trying to think about some other approaches that just went awkward. I'm trying to think of like my most awkward approach. A lot of my approaches have been awkward. So my, my, my most successful approaches though are just the ones that are kind of like laid back. Like one thing I will say is this. I've tried, I've experimented with the full spectrum of approaches. Like super indirect is the terms that people like to use versus direct approaching. And I got to say, dude, like direct approaching has almost, I don't want to say like never worked for me, but almost never worked for me. At least like in a day game situation, I've just never had a ton of success with direct approach. It's like, and I, and it's not to say that I don't think women appreciate it. I think there are some women who do appreciate a direct approach. So like by direct approach, what do I mean? Direct approach for me is if I go up to a woman and I'm like, Hey, you just caught my eye. I thought you were super attractive. I wanted to come say hi. My name's Nick. How's it going? Like that's a direct approach. An indirect approach to me would be like walk up to a gal and I'm like, hey, I just noticed uh, you're wearing my favorite color, yellow, and I thought I'd come say hi. Or indirect might just be like, hey, I just saw you. I wanted to come say hi. My name's Nick. What are you up to? Like that's indirect. Direct to me is when you give them a compliment, you're forthcoming in your intent. Whereas indirect is like you're not necessarily forthcoming in your intent, but the reality is like every woman knows that you have an interest in them if you're speaking to them, basically. So what I like say, what I will say, like, is this: when it comes to my, and I'll just say my experience, right? And I'm not, I'm not pretending as though my experience is everyone else's. I understand that to some degree, we're prisoners of our own experience. 
I will say though, after doing some research, it seems like other people have had this experience as well when it comes to direct approach. Like it almost, for me, if I direct approach a woman, it almost, for a lot of gals, especially like in a day game setting, dude, they're in their own world thinking about their own stuff. They're not thinking about like, hey, when's the next guy gonna come up and approach me? You know, they're doing their own thing and then all of a sudden you come up and you're just like, bam, you're like in their face. I've had so many women who, I almost feel like they're just so flattered and taken aback and not to, I'm not like trying to toot my own horn because I don't think I'm like an amazing catch or anything like that, but it's like, damn, here comes this guy and he's just super direct with me. I've never had a guy been this direct, a complete stranger. And it's like fucking too much for him. Like a lot of times they just blush and it's like, they are deer in headlight look and they're speechless and they don't know what to say. And it's like, holy shit, I just came onto them way too hard versus indirect to me. Indirect puts a lot less pressure on them. I think when you're direct, it just puts a lot of pressure on some females. And if they don't have the personality to handle that kind of pressure, they're going to be completely overwhelmed. They're going to shut down and it's going to make it for um, a more difficult conversation. So that's been kind of my experience with direct versus indirect. Where like indirect, I've had just way better success. So (laughs) So when it comes to like numbers and stuff like that, when I was at the top I hate to say game, but I'm just going to say it. When I was at the top of my game in my late 20s, before I got married and all that, I would have probably a 70 to 80% success rate of getting a woman's number on a college campus. That's just when I would do it because that happened to be like a convenient time for me. And plus there's just so many amazingly beautiful women on college campuses that it's just like very convenient. And that's just doing an indirect approach. Like that would be like... um I just walk up and I'd be like, Hey, how's it going? How's your day going? Uh, what classes did you take today? Right. And then once they tell me their class, then, um, then the conversation would just kind of go from there. And then, then I would, my, I would just use my favorite closing, which is like, Hey, you know, I've really like my train is coming up. I got to get off here. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Should we, you want to continue it over lunch sometime? And they'd be like, yeah. And then I'd be like, all right, let's exchange numbers. Then from there with like, 70 to 80% success rate. I would say, <laughs> I would say I have like a 10%, what would you call that? Like a 10, 10% success rate from those successes. So in other words, if I got 10 numbers, I would have to speak to like, what is that roughly? Um, I don't know. Oh, I'm so bad at math in my head. Like maybe that's, if I got 10 numbers, that means that I probably had spoken to like somewhere between 12 to 14 women. And then of those 10 numbers, maybe one of them was truly interested or like another, like, dude, oh my God, I have so much to say. It's just crazy because there's so many things we think about in our head as it comes, as it, um, there's so many things we think about in our head when it comes to rejection or why a woman is not interested when in reality, we're just completely flat out wrong when it comes to how we're interpreting why she isn't texting us back. And there's so there's like thousands upon thousands of reasons for why a woman may not text us back, right? But anyhow, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. So like, basically, if I approach ten women, I might I might get one of them to come out on a date with me or to have lunch with me or whatever, right? So that's just I'm just throwing those numbers out there. And I remember when I was doing my research, even with guys who did it kind of like on a professional basis. They seem, those who were honest seem to have around that same success rate, like maybe a little higher. And these are guys who would like go out every day. And I was like, their sole source of income was to teach other people how to pick up women. So I think realistically, it's, these are good numbers to have in your mind, just because like, I know when I first started out, 
my success rate was maybe 30% numbers. And then it's like, I don't know, maybe half of a percentage point of those I get out on a date. And I just remember feeling really discouraged. Yeah, just like super discouraged by the fact that I I was like, dude, am I is like <laughs> I was taking it very personally. When I say I felt discouraged, I was taking it like very personally. Like, dude, there must be something wrong with your fucking approach. You must be coming off as creepy. You must be coming off as weird. But the reality is like there's a lot of women who just aren't in the mindset of being approached. Like you can't just approach every woman and, and expect, you know, a tremendous amount of success. So and it depends on how we define success and where we're at, like in our our own journeys for approaching like success for some people might just be looking a beautiful or making eye contact with a beautiful woman. That might be your level of success where you're at in your own game. It might be, um, not even getting the number. Maybe it's like having just like a 10 second conversation. Maybe it's asking a woman for a beautiful woman for the time. Maybe it's just asking a stranger for the time. There's a lot of things that, um, there's a lot of different ways to measure success. And now I just feel like I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of rambling and that's because I am. So where was I? So, um, so yeah, I guess I'm just telling you guys my success rate because the reality is it's like very difficult. Then it's like, basically it all comes down to a number game. So then you gotta figure like, okay, so you have this conversation. Um, you have conversation with 10 women. This is if your game is pretty good. Like I feel like at that point when my game was at its peak, at least for me and my personality, I couldn't really foresee my day game getting much better than that. Okay, I do have to tell you guys, all right, I have to go off on this one tangent. This is like, I feel so bad. All right, so one time I, I wanted to experiment with my game. This is like when I was still, I would say, I wanna say the top of my game, not to say it wasn't still learning about approach and all that, but there was this one gal who I met at another campus and I thought to myself, you know what? I'm not being, um, I wanna like try to move things more quickly. I wanna try to make like physical contact more quickly. And the shit that I'm trying, dude, I'm like, I was so autistic. In retrospect, I was so autistic back then. And I don't say, you know, I'm not like trying to um, dog on people with autism. I just, when I say autistic, I mean someone who has, a diff people with autism have a difficult time understanding social cues and understanding how to act in a social context. And that's what I feel like when I, with the story I'm about to tell you, I was so autistic. I was like, dude, I want to try to make, I want to try to get more physical contact quicker with the woman. I want to try to like amp things up faster than I have been. So I was like, you know, I'm going to create some really good vibes. And once I feel the vibes, I'm going to go for like trying to hold her hand and just like not say anything and just try to do it. And, um, wow. Okay. This conversation is crazy. I'm going to tell you guys a story because this is like the craziest story I had. And this is like, Oh my God, this is one of those times when I'm like, I, I look back and it's like, dude, what the fuck were you doing? This is like, you know, as we get older and I can say this cause I'm 36 now, I can look back to some of the shit I did in my twenties. I'm like, dude, what, what was your mindset? Like, what the fuck were you thinking? And I promise you for some of my younger listeners out there, when you guys get to be in your thirties, your forties, whatever, you look back and you're like, dude, what the fuck were you doing? And that's because our frontal lobes, our prefrontal lobes for some of us men are not like fully formed until our late twenties. For me, I'm convinced mine is still developing, but it was mostly fully developed probably by my early thirties. But anyhow, so like I see this woman, right? I walk up to her and this is probably like nine or 10 in the morning. And I'm feeling like at the top of my game, feeling really good. Had a good start of the day. We're having a, I introduced myself. Don't remember. I think she had like dyed red hair or something. And I think I told her I just loved her hair. Right. And was giving me just compliments. And she was seemed appreciative, seemed generally appreciative of them. And, um, so then what happened, dude? Uh, we're talking, talking. I felt like we were being fairly flirtatious with each other. 
Then we start walking up these stairs and I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to go for the hand grab. So I go to like hold her hand and I think she tried to like pull it away and I like reached for it again. And um, then this is, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. I'm just going to share my story because like, dude, this is how retarded I was. And I'm sure there's still a part of me that is like somewhat like there's probably an autistic remnant of this still within me. So then she like pulls her hand away. Well, then like somehow we end up holding hands. Um, I think she said she had a ring on her finger or something. So she was just worried about me having her hand. So then we like switched hands or something like that. Well, anyhow, then um, she has to go one way. I have to go the other. I've never seen this gal before. We had talked for maybe like our conversation was probably a minute long before I went for the hand grab, right? (laughs) And then probably after like two minutes of conversation, she tells me she has to go this way. I have to go this way. And, uh, then I tell her, and I, I was, I was doing it in what I thought was a joking manner and she misperceived my manner. I told her, Hey, you got to go this way. I got to go this way. Give me your number. You're going to get in a lot of trouble. And I, I said it in what I thought was a joking tone. Apparently it wasn't you guys, this is this, I promise you is going to just like blow your mind. So I get to my class, right? And I think it was taking like anatomy and physiology. 30 minutes passes, right? All of a sudden, these two police officers walk into the classroom unannounced and they point at me. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And they're like, hey, we need to talk to you. And I'm <laughs> and I'm so glad that they they were very respectful. They were authoritative, but they were very respectful because being the class clown that I am, and I'm kind of like sort of outspoken and a bit of a contrarian, I was like, about what? And I just like asked him in that tone, like, what do you guys need to talk to me about? And they're like, we'll tell you, just come here. And I'm glad I didn't push it. And I'm glad I didn't say like, hey, you better tell me, or hey, you need to tell me what this is about before I come in because they could have, and it would have been like super embarrassing for me because it's just me being like a freaking idiot. Oh, oh, hey, did you try to like randomly hold the stranger's hand? Yeah, I did. That was me. And she felt like violated, blah, blah, blah. Right. So they pointed me and they're like, Hey, you need to come with us. Like, all right, cool. I'll go with them. And so I, I bring my phone with me, I turn it on record and I say, Hey, you know, before we start this conversation, I just want to let you officers know I am going to be recording it. They're like, that's fine. These were two campus police. They were super professional, by the way. These guys were just like fucking awesome. So they're like, Hey, you know, we got, um, we got report from the scal that, um, she needed to give you her phone number or, and if she didn't get, give you her phone number, she was going to be in a lot of trouble, something along those lines. And I was like super nervous. Cause I'm like, fuck dude, is this like, gal going to try to press charges? I thought we were kind of having a playful time and I totally misperceived everything. So here I am accusing her of like misperceiving, <laughs> misperceiving me when in actuality, like, dude, it was you bro. Like I, I was the one who misperceived it because I thought she was okay with everything. Um, except you know, in hindsight, when I did say, or you're going, when I, when I said, Hey, you better give me your number. You're getting trouble. I kind of felt like from her nonverbal cues in her face that she maybe felt slightly intimidated. So, um, but I didn't think it was like that big a deal. Like I didn't feel like she felt threatened, but apparently she did. So, um, then I, you know, I'm having these conversations with these cops. I'm like, you know, I'm not really going to make a statement. What I will say is this, if, if I had said something like that, so I didn't own up to the fact that I had said it because I was just like a little nervous from a legal standpoint, but I was like, you know, if I had said something to this woman along those lines, I can assure you, gentlemen, it would have been in jest. And they were very like, um, 
they were very cool about me cold approaching. Like they thought it was pretty cool. And I was like, you know, from time to time, I, if I see a beautiful woman, I go up, I say, hello, I introduce myself and they had everything on camera, right? Like they knew that I had approached her. They could see that at least they had seen that we were holding hands. And from on camera, they thought they had said that they thought we were boyfriend and girlfriend. And then when they found out that she was, um, making a complaint, they were kind of taken aback. Uh, but her complaint seemed valid for them. So they had to obviously investigate. And so, yeah, that was pretty much the end of that story. And then what did, what else happened? Um, oh, and then they just asked, they were like, you know, and she did, she did give me her number. Like, (laughs) and she was like, and so they just said, you know, don't make any contact with her. Don't text the number. Don't try to contact her on social media. And I, I said, Hey, I wouldn't. So, um, yeah, that's probably my most awkward pickup ever. God, that was a huge failure. And you know what I feel most bad about those? Like, dude, um, after kind of like honing my empathy skills, I feel like I've been a lot more empathetic in my thirties, but I just feel like for her, God, that must've been so awkward for her. And she must've, for her to go to the police, she obviously felt a concern for her safety. So fuck dude, like here's this weird creepo, um, approaching. And I just gave this creepo my number because I was intimidated. Now he has my number. So it must've taken a lot of balls on her part to go up to those police and tell her that she was threatened. Um, yeah, so that just goes to show you that was like definitely a failed attempt. And sometimes we think we're doing something and we think we're going the right direction when we clearly aren't. So I think, I think we went off on this tangent because I was talking about like indirect versus direct approaching. So that's been my experience. So it's better to be indirect and go slower than it is direct and fast. But of course, and like, I don't have a lot of experience in clubs, but I will say like, um, the small amount of experience I have had when I've like just kind of made out with a chick in a club. Yeah. If they're a little inebriated and people are kind of looser and they're looking for that kind of quick escalation of romance. Yeah. in a club and, um, a bar, something like that is definitely more appropriate, but doing it out in a freaking on a college campus is very autistic. Yeah. So I'm not dogging on direct game and I'm not saying you can't get somewhere with direct with direct game. And you know what, if you're in, um, if you're in a big city where there's like thousands upon thousands of women you can approach, yeah, maybe direct is the better way to go. If you're in a smaller city though, I think indirect is definitely a better way. So, um, so how did I land up where I am today? So that's been kind of, I guess, did we even sum up like my approach anxiety? I don't know. So I guess I can just share quickly some things that I did that sort of helped me with my approach anxiety. And then I'll make like other episodes. This is all willy nilly, as we can see. And my whole point of this podcast is just to have like people who can come listen in, commiserate with me and be like, dude, I I can relate to this. And hopefully that gives you some support and perhaps maybe a little guidance here and there as to how, how you can overcome your own approach anxiety 30 minutes into this podcast. Right. But like one thing that I will say if there's just like one tip I had to, if I, if I had to give one tip to everyone trying to overcome their approach anxiety, it would be this, like definitely, definitely warm up because approaching women and I'm just approaching anyone. Like if you're a salesperson, even if you're someone working at like, you know, those people that work at Costco and they're at the, the, they're at the end aisles and they're like trying to hawk whatever it is that they're selling. Like I usually feel like it's a Vitamix or something, right? Some sort of like blender they're trying to sell. Like, even if you're doing that warm up is always good. It's always going to suit you. And I think of, I think of cold approaching to some degree 
as a skill and with every skill, even if you're like, say you're the best guitar player on the planet, a warm up will always suit you well. And I come from a basketball background, I used to play college basketball. And I can tell you this, like, even when you're at the top of your game in a sport, warm up always helps. Like you just can't go out on the court and play a hundred percent with the skill level that you'd like to that you'd like to play with without a proper warm up, without maybe doing like some ball handling drills, a little bit of shooting practice here and there. Like the NBA players, they shoot probably, I don't know, one, two, three, four hours sometimes before the actual game starts. And that helps them immensely when it comes to making buckets. And these are people who practice day in and day out and have some of the best shot percentages in the world, right? So if you think of your cold approaching, kind of like an NBA player might think of their shooting, I would definitely say go out and warm up and warm up can be like whatever it means to you. So for me, like say, say you and I were to go out and just practice approaching and I was like, all right, well, let's warm up. Like, let's do something to warm up for me. What, what makes me feel comfortable is just like, I don't know. I'm going to use Walmart as an example. Cause I go to Walmart a lot, but like, if I go to Walmart, I would just ask everyone I see what, what the time is just like, Hey, my phone stopped working. Do you have the time by any chance? Hey, my phone stopped working. Do you have the time by any chance? And you do that like five or six times. And for whatever reason for me, that warm up is enough to where that little voice inside my head is no longer there telling me that I can't approach or whatever hesitancy I might have about approaching a female is no longer there. But, but I will say to you, like, um, that's only after, you know, doing this for a long time. If I were completely new to approaching, that wouldn't be enough. I would have to kind of slowly ramp up the game, but that's my like, my number one tip that I just want to leave people with is like definitely, definitely warm up before you approach. It'll just help your game immensely. And for me, it's just like breaking that weird, that weird ice that we all feel between each other when we go out in public. It's like people are kind of a little nervous to sort of break the ice, but then once the ice is broken, boom, everybody's fine. And so you can get, I'll tell you what, in my own experience, I got to the point where if I did little, if I started with a little warm up and I just sort of gradually increased it, dude, I could end up doing some crazy shit like um, going up and like crazy. Here's what I mean by crazy, like going up to a beautiful woman and be like, hey, my name's Nick. I just saw you wanted to come say hi. And I would extend my hand and they would shake it. And then the crazy thing I might do, I might do is just sit there and shake their hand and keep talking until they like pulled it away and then I would let go. And that might last like 10, 15, 20 seconds, depending on the female, but that's like pretty crazy. Like I couldn't, you know, I don't know even now, like if I were just to go out and do it, I don't know if I would feel comfortable doing that right off the bat without a proper warm up. But you get to this point where if you just sort of increase, I'll say the severity of it, right? So first we maybe ask people about the time, then you go up and maybe you ask someone what their favorite color is. Then you you slowly just up the ante into more things. Like maybe you're standing six feet away initially. Now try five feet, then four feet, then three feet. Then like how close can you get before it's awkward for the both of you, right? Stuff like that. Um, you can get to a point where you eliminate, at least I don't, I don't want to say you because I don't know who you are, but I'll say for me, I eliminated 100% of my approach anxiety. Like 100%. Imagine that. And I, I'm telling you, like in retrospect, when I was in my early 20s, I don't think I could have told myself, hey, dude, there's going to be one day when you don't have any approach anxiety whatsoever if you do a proper warm up. I would have been like, bullshit, bro. You're, you're shitting me. And then 
years pass and if i did a proper warm-up holy cow dude like absolutely no approach anxiety can you imagine that having no approach anxiety it's like isn't that just crazy like imagine the superpowers you'd have if you had no approach anxiety and what i'll say now is like let me i'll just like let's see so i'm 36 now i'm married in a somewhat tumultuous tumultuous relationship but let's just say like hypothetically if I were to go out and approach now, I would say I'm probably at like 60% capacity, which I think is pretty good. 100% capacity would be like me at the top of my game, right? Like I feel like I'm just no anxiety whatsoever. Six, I'd say I have like maybe 50 to 60%, which is still pretty good. It's enough to where I could probably go out and approach any woman I want, but there might be like a little bit of reservation. There might be a little bit of hesitancy. And that's even without like really warming up. That's just like going out and which I think is decent. So my, my whole point is like, why am I telling you this? My point is that I feel like approaching is a skill. And with any skill, it's just like basketball. Like I don't really shoot hoops regularly, but I know that if I go out, I can still make more buckets than someone who hasn't shot hoops before, right? Just because I have that, I have that like muscle memory retention. I think you have kind of like a muscle memory retention when it comes to approaching women as well. And now I've realized like we're recording and this is 36 minutes long and I have no idea where the fuck I'm going with this. So this was for a history of my approach anxiety. So yeah, I'd say it's like been up and down. I will say this. I've never, when I started picking up or when I, when I started the whole cold approach thing, I was never like at the bare bottom of anxiety. Like I've never had pro like phenomenally profound anxiety. If I had to describe what is pro what did I say? Phenomenally profound anxiety. If I had to say like, what is profound, phenomenally profound anxiety is someone who's like so nervous. They won't even look at a beautiful woman or like they'll maybe like look at her and they look away. They get so freaked out or maybe they're scared to make eye contact. Like if they look up and she looks they're like, holy fuck, she just looked at me. I've never had that kind of anxiety. I think though there's ways to help with that. I myself have just never had that kind of anxiety. I would say like on a scale of zero to a hundred and a um, hundred being like profound anxiety. I'd say at times I've had maybe like 80, 80, but it's never been consistent. Whereas like before I got into approach, I'd say like consistent anxiety, mm, it's like maybe 50%. And now, I mean, now I can still feel just like, I don't know, Sometimes I think I get a little generalized anxiety from time to time. But um, as far as like social situations go, like I feel way better about it now than I used to. Social, situ- social situations, I need a drink of water and I didn't bring any water, but social situations used to produce quite a bit of anxiety for me. And over the years, that's kind of dissipated. And I think that's in part due to some of the training that I did around my cold approaching. So Anyhow, that's kind of my experience a little bit. I hope I kind of sum stuff up. I don't even know what the point of this episode was. I guess it was just to give you like a little bit of background on my own. And maybe like as you're listening to my background, you can hopefully relate to it and find comfort in it to some degree. And yeah, thanks for listening. I guess I'll cut it off. And then I think for next episode, we will do... um, Why don't we do like basic tips? Basic tips for overcoming your approach anxiety. We'll do basic tips for overcoming approach anxiety. So those will be like strategies we can use. And then I think after that episode, we'll do a mindset, like how to have a mindset for approach and what are some mindsets you can adopt to help you overcome your approach 
anxiety. So next episode will be tips, and then the following episode will be strategies. And then I want to also say that if you're interested in coaching, I do offer coaching for a fairly affordable rate. Um, If you feel like I'm someone who, if my personality has resonated with you and you're like, bro, I can relate to this guy. I think this guy could help me out. Shoot me an email. I'll have my email up for my next episode and we'll do a free consultation. It'll be like 10 to 15 minutes. And then thereafter it's a hundred dollars a session. So we'll see if we mix, if we um, mix and match really well in our consultation, I feel like I can benefit you and you feel like you can benefit from me, then we'll proceed forward. So yeah. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode and see you on episode two. All right. Bye.